Blog Talk Radio. Stephen B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good evening, wherever you are in the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie R. Butler. And this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio in the great state of North Carolina with my co-host, Glenn McMillian from the state of Texas, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Clay Phillips from the state of Georgia, Steve Corder from the state of Illinois, Robert Lee Johnson from the state of Florida, Courtney Carruthers from the state of Illinois, and Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give us a call to the live show at 713 955 Zero five zero eight, or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the show live there. I just checked it before I came on the air, and you will find the show on page two. Now, once I came on the air, they probably moved it up to page one. That's normally how they do it. So we're just grateful for that platform there on Blog Talk Radio. If you have any questions or comments with any of my co-hosts on this broadcast, just send your emails to my new email address, ButlerSteve1009 at Yahoo.com, or you can call Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ, and if you need any assistance locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stand along with us here on the Gospel Live Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, our Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we're prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine Word. Father, I pray that you would be my co-host, Clay Phillips, as he breaks into our listeners the bread of life, and also my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington, who will be answering our questions that are on the hearts of so many. We just pray that you will bless them and their families that support their efforts. They may continue to sow the seed 
of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you would bless our listeners who are tuning in via blog talk radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that they may consider their eternal stance before you and that their hearts may be pricked. And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who died such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us in love us all the days of our lives. And that we have been faithful until death. Father, we pray that you will save us. For us in Christ's name, we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. In the first segment of the broadcast, my co-host Clay Phillips from the Rose City Church of Christ there in Thomasville, Georgia, he'll be making this proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And in the second segment, we have a question from our social media platform on Facebook called Shout It Out that we'll be posing to my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington. He serves the West Broward Church of Christ there in Plantation, Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, open up your Bibles now and open your minds and let's have a great show. After the break, the next will be that of my co-host. Clay Phillips. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Oh, yeah. 
listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my co-host, Clay Phillips. Good evening to all of you that are tuning in with us by way of Block Talk Radio Show. Also, want to thank those that tune in with us by Facebook as well. Again, I'm Brother Clay Lee Phillip, minister here at the Rose City Church of Christ, where I have been laboring, my wife and I, for the 40 years uh, this September. And we're so thankful uh, to be able to continue in preaching God's word. I want to thank Steve and Doc for uh, their participation, and I want to thank Steve for giving us opportunity to share God's unadulterated truth. And I look forward to uh, coming on this radio broadcast. Now, let us get to the seriousness of the hour. Uh, turn your Bibles now with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 5. Hebrews, chapter 5. I'm going to commence reading at verse 11 and terminate, if you will, at verse 14. That's Hebrews, chapter 5. Verse 11 through verse 14. And we find these words written, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when, for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again which is the first principles of the oracle of God, and are become such as have need, now notice now, pin this in your Bible, need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a baby. <laughs> the writer of Hebrews not holding back. He said he's a baby. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who have or by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern, notice now, both good and evil. Thus is the reading of our scripture. I want to use the advocate of our message this evening, good 
for baby food. Good for baby food. I'm a grandfather as well. I have three kids and a grandfather. And oftentimes, my wife and I, we love to go out and on dates. Uh, and we go out and we go to Longhorn. <laughs> you all know about Longhorn, right? We go to Longhorn and, and my wife, she order her steak and I order my steak and we get them well done. I like my steak well done. I can't eat that, you know, half cooked steak. And, um, and we have to use utensils, the knife and fork, and be able to cut the meat and enjoy the meal. But there are some times that we have to babysit grandbabies. <laughs> Y'all stay with me now. There's sometimes we have to babysit grandbabies. Now, even going to Longhorn with the grandbaby, we have to put him in a seat, baby seat, lock him down. Well, he's not two years old, and, and I'm a grandbaby, and I just love him to death, and he loves Papa and Grandma, and he loves to hang out with us. And so we go to Longhorn, and we don't order nothing from the menu for him because we have to take our food, take food for him to Longhorn <laughs> because he is a baby. He cannot participate in eating of the full meat because he doesn't, he's not ready for that. Additionally, preferably, uh, we go. Now, the Hebrew writer is using uh, common sense here to help us understand uh, how we to get rid of petty nonsense and to understand how to deal with petty nonsense things that are going on in the church because you're actually dealing with the church here, the maturity of the church. Now, oftentimes you go to churches and you could tell about the back whether or not that church is still on milk. <laughs> and it's not, I'm not uh, picking on you now. I mean, all I'm saying is that we must understand that we go from childhood to full age and take time for churches to grow. It takes time for churches to mature up. So the writer of Hebrews is dealing with, he said, I want you to understand now, there are some good it's good for baby food. There are some things that you teach on and work on. It's good for baby food because strong meat, talking about the word of God that is deep, strong meat is for mature adults in Christ. Now, understand this, that he, he deals with the hindrance to uh that ad, advantage and to teach us that you need to understand, take advantage of, listen now, take advantage of <laughs> growing up. Take advantage of growing up. Don't, don't be so quick to grow up. Take your time. Thank you, cuz. Uh, cuz, uh, Lord said, take your time. Take your time and understand, listen to real, that you need to enjoy your youth and grow up in the Lord. And oftentimes there are churches that would not allow uh, our youth to grow up 
Because there's some things that are just, just good for babies, good for baby food. Gerby uh, is baby food, and they, uh, they have, and they uh, specialize in baby food. And the church needs to understand that we need to learn to specialize in baby food. So the writer here, notice now, the writer here in Hebrews, he, he addresses this thing carefully. He says, he said, I want you to understand something. He says, of whom we have many things to say. He said, I got a lot of things to say to you and hard to be uttered. In other words, there's some things I know if I say it, you're going to get angry with me. You're not ready for this. You can't handle certain things. And certain children, some people can't handle. Even to this day, there are people in the church that can't handle certain things. They can't handle the truth. And, and, the, and the apostle, uh, the writer of Hebrews says, he says, understand this, of whom we have many things to say. There are a lot of things I want to say, but I know better. Why? Because I'm, I'm mature enough to understand. I can see that you can't handle this. And hard to be ever seeing you are dull of hearing. You cannot hear. You, you, your ears are dull of hearing. Then he goes and says, for when, for the time you ought to be teachers, <laughs> you have need of one teach you again. In other words, you've been taught, but teach you again, which is the first principles of the oracle of God. There are more people sitting up in church buildings, and they are babies. They are on pacifiers. They are on Gerber milk and food and soft baby food. And they want to act like they grown up in the church. Let the Bible speak, Brother Philip. But then he goes and says, and uh, become as a, uh, have need, listen now, have need of milk and not of strong meat. He says, you need to recognize, and, and preachers need to recognize, and church need, leaders need to recognize, and elders need to recognize, and deacons need to recognize that there's some food that's good for babies. There, there's something, it's just good for children. You, you can't feed and live on uh, baby food. Get a baby food as a grown person. Because give me some meat. Woo! He goes and says, for everyone that is, notice now, then he used, uh, he spiritualized it. He says, for everyone that uses milk. Now, now, he's not talking about baby milk here, even though that milk good for babies. And he said, I want you to understand that. He says, he said, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a baby. You better understand that. See, I've been preaching a long time. I've been preaching 50 years. And I've, I've grown through some stages, gone through some stages, issues in my life that helped me become mature. And that's how life is. Life helped you. David said, I was young, but now I'm old. But one thing he said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. <laughs> Let the Bible speak, Brother Philip. But show me belongings to them that are full age, even those who by reason 
of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. My grandbaby cannot determine two years old what's good and evil. When I take him my side, I keep an eye on him. I watch him. I mean, he don't recognize a snake from a rabbit. All he knows is something moving. And I have to be mindful. That's how God does us. God has given us. He watched over us day and night. Woo! <laughs> uh, let the Bible speak, Brother Philip. Now, let me help you out. Let me, let me, let me help you out here. Uh, he talks about, the Hebrew writer talks about the hindrance of the uh, advanced teaching. He talks about the hindrance of advanced teaching. Now, when I, I've been preaching a long time, and I've seen folks cannot handle advanced teaching. In that time when I go preach gospel meetings, revivals, or uh, whatever workshops, I have to be mindful because every church can't handle advanced teaching. So you need to be careful how you address churches. Preachers, if you're mature enough, you ought to be mature enough to know to recognize that that church needs Gerber baby food. You don't give a church state when you know they can't handle a night because they're going to cut themselves. The Bible is is a, a, the powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Everybody can't handle the Bible. And so you understand that. You be mindful of that. And so here, the writer here is telling us, he said, those of us under Christian instruction, he's telling us here, those of us that are under Christian uh, instruction, we need to be mature enough to handle nonsense. <laughs> Say that again, Brother Phil. Uh, come here, come here. We need to be mature enough to handle nonsense. Because there are some people that would throw some nonsense. Now, when I was a young preacher, I, I didn't know any better. I would just go at you. <laughs> Ask some of the members now that are old with me. They'll tell you. Brother Philip would go after, but since I matured up now, I'm grown. I know some things are good for baby food, and there's some things good for mature adults. Everybody can't handle the there's a, there's a duality in all of us. There are some people can't handle uh, Clay Lee <laughs> Phillips. Uh, there's some people. My nickname is Chloe. They can't handle claw. Well, claw, the word emologically, claw means a uh, bittersweet. They can't handle bittersweet. They can't handle clay because clay is the matured upside of me. Let the Bible speak. Now, understand this. Come here. Those of us that have, have Christian maturity, that have grown up spiritually, uh, God expects certain things out of us. Let me let me tell every church, every church leader, preacher, uh, if you uh, listening now, understand this. God expects you to grow up. He don't expect you to say a child all your life. He does not expect you to be a child all your life. My God, when some of us don't grow up, we argue about color of the carpet. We, we, I mean, the Church of Christ, we become 
uh, more argumentative than anything. You, you can't go nowhere now and preach because everybody is fussing about everything. <laughs> everything is an issue now. Copied and, and uh, names and, and, and on and on and just fussing about everything. Now, I know, I'm going to show you now that strong meat belongs to mature person that can differentiate between what's good and what's evil. Okay? Now, now, understand this. Write this down. Number one, we ought to grow stage by stage as a Christian. It is our responsibility. Those of us that are mature have to help those that are babes. A baby has to learn how to walk. We, and you know what? Now, 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 catch this. Listen to this. The reality of a child being born, a child being born again, is just as infant as a child being born physically. That child depends on their mother and father. The mother and father have to change his diapers. Woo! <laughs> Hello? Uh, I had to change a member's diapers, not not literally change the diapers, but I had to change the diapers spiritually between good and evil, between waste and that which is good. Because when a child wastes, that means they use and mess in their pamper or diapers. So what we have to do is we have to change that stinking diaper. Come on now, somebody else said men up in here. We have to change that diaper. We have to, as preachers, as ministers of the gospel, if you can't stand the smell, you don't need to be in the pulpit because you are the mature person. And the older I get, the more I understand that everybody can't handle certain sermons and certain things. Okay? So, number one, we need to understand we ought to grow by stage by stage to be able to receive, listen, to be able to receive. That's why a lot of our young people stop coming to worship services because a lot of us old folks try to feed them meat that they ain't ready for. And so here we need to understand there is a stage-by-stage responsibility to be able to receive higher and full teaching of God's word. There is a reasonable understanding that we have to recognize that we have to take time and let people grow up. Don't fuss about everything. Don't argue about everything. And so here we are as ministers of the gospel, we need to learn that everybody not on that level. We ought to learn to be stage by stage and help your grandchild or your little young boy or your little young girl grow up spiritually that they can be able to handle the full teaching. Number two, we ought to understand this. We ought to expect to grow in grace. We ought to expect to grow in grace. We, in other words, when a child is growing up, and I remember when I was a young preacher, if a child start crying out in the worship service, I'd say, hey, hey, get him out of here. I don't do that anymore. Because I realize that uh, that child don't know. I know. And the folks up in this independent church need to understand that. I know we got children who want to cry, but sometimes it's good to have those children in there that 
us about to know that children cry. <laughs> and, and, and you got the same grown person sitting in the seat next to the child crying, crying spiritually. <laughs> I don't like what he said. Okay, okay. <laughs> so we, God expects us to grow in grace, but also to grow in knowledge. It, it, God expects us to grow in knowledge. Turn to, um, let's look at some scripture now. Turn to uh, 1 Corinthians. Everybody turn to the Bible. 1 Corinthians, the chapter is 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and then I'm going to commence reading, if you will, at verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and the verse is number 1. And we find these words written. It says, now as touching things offered unto idols. In other words, the issue that they had was about idols, idolatry, worship. And there are a lot of people that come up in the church, and then, and they come from the world. We need to understand they're coming out of idolatry. And so we have to be mindful that not to be so quick and so uh, jabbing at them and, and dealing with them in a way that they are adults and not children. They are born again. So here it says, the Apostle Paul said to the church, he says, as checking things offered unto others, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge, though, but these days, understand this. Knowledge puffeth up. <laughs> that is what's wrong with us as children of God. We are puffed up. We, we messed up. We be walking to church like we somebody. Listen, Jesus died on the cross, but not me. And so here I understand, the Pastor Paul said, understand this, knowledge perfect up, but charity, the word charity, simply means love, edifying. In other words, love builds up. Love edifies. Love understands that a person just been born is not going to know how and what the value of a worship is. Sometimes they won't come to worship. Sometimes they won't come to do certain things. They, they don't understand the communion. They don't understand uh, why we sing the way we sing. They don't understand all of this. And we take them through new convert class. But a new convert class might be too advanced. Sometimes you need to let them grow. Hello? Then it says in verse number two, and if any man thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing as he ought to know. Now, that, that humbled me. When I read that, I said, okay, now, that humbled me. Teddy Phillips, understand this. You don't know nothing as you think you know. And so be humble. Then it goes and says, but if any man love God, the same is known of him. This is the issue, the love of God. Do you love God? See, the church needs to be known for love. The church needs to be known for love. Amen? Then it goes and says, as concerning, therefore, the eating of those things which are offered unto sacrifice, unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world. In other words, you, you are mature enough to know that this idol is nothing. So he, he are talking and addressing those that are Mature. We know that I is nothing, and there is none uh, other God but one. We know there ain't no one God. We know that. But the church is about to split over something that we know. 
because of it's that's good for baby food, man. Y'all hugging about baby food. Then he goes and says, for though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many. He said, there's a lot of lords and gods. We talking about Christmas and Easter and Thanksgiving and all those. But there's God. But okay. And then we wonder why people leaving the body of Christ. It's because we they hadn't matured up yet to that level. Hello? Oh, that's stuff you're talking about. And then most of the time, the stuff you're arguing about is baby food. Because if you look, if I listen to the person that arguing and bickering, in fact, they've been in church, because they've, they've been in church 40 years, 50 years, and they're still on baby food. Hello? They're still on baby food. And they think they're grown. No, you just got a lot of gurgle sitting up on your table eating baby food. Those are verse number six. But to us, there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in him, one Lord, by whom also all things, by him. We, you know, we, we know. <laughs> but then it says in verse seven, he says, how be it? There is not in every man that knowledge. For some which conscious of the idol unto this hour, even it unto a thing offered unto idols, and their conscience being weak is defiled. So we need to understand, we need to be mindful to be careful. Everybody is not on your level. They are, I can't expect my grandbaby not to walk out into the street. Every evening, I, I, time to time, I take him outside, my wife and I, and our other grandchildren, we take the grandchildren outside, and one of my grandchildren going to walk toward the street and going to give my wife a heart attack or give me a heart attack because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run there, I'm going to monitor to make sure they stay in. But I'm not going to take and discipline them and whoop them and beat them uh, every time they turn around. And that's what churches are doing now. We're fighting about everything. Okay, okay, all right. Let me, let me jump down to verse 13. He says the time. Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh by the world standing, lest I shall make my brother to offend. I love, listen, learn to love one another. Now, number three. We, we ought to be concerned about the mental apprehension of members, the mental apprehension of members, because there are some members coming up in the, in the body of Christ that have gone through some stuff. Amen? Some of you that listen to me right now have gone through some stuff, and we got to be careful how we handle those members that have mental apprehension, in other words, anxiety and fear that they're going through, uh, and we need to be mindful of that because there is a divine and eternal purpose for the church. The church is not all about just this world, even though God wants us to live and he'll take care of us in this world, but the church is about a divine, listen, a divine and eternal purpose. 
The whole idea of the church is keeping to the, and you know what, a, a, a lot of churches don't understand that they're so tied up in the keeping the first principles until they never grow beyond that. They are so tied up in arguing about things, and they're killing the church, and they, they, they hooked on the first principles. And that's what, that's what the Hebrew writer, if you go back to Hebrews, that's what the Hebrew writer is talking about. He explaining to us, y- y'all are arguing about things that uh, if you had any maturity in you, you would grow beyond that because you are arguing about sticking with the first principle. Yes, I understand that. But I'm, I'm 64 years old, and do I need to win them? Do I need to be living as a four-year-old? Hello? So that's what he, that's what he addresses in, in, in uh, the writer of Hebrews, addresses in Hebrews chapter 4, when he tells us in verse 3, explain to us, chapter 5, rather, and he explained to us in verse number 11, he says, uh, of whom have we many things to say? Notice what he said, and they're hard to be uttered. And sometimes the thing is just hard to say. You need to be mindful of that. Okay, let me, let, me, let me say this. There are people that come in church that have anxiety and fears. Oh, they don't know, my brothers and sisters. When you're born in this world, you don't know. You have to be taught. Uh, and and when you're that young age, you got food good for babies. But then that's a while that babies grow teeth. Because that's God's providential schedule. See, God got a schedule that you ought to be growing. You get a certain age, a certain thing you ought to be growing in. Amen? And so here uh, the Bible teaches us you, you, this, we have to grow beyond simplicity of the Christian life, of principles. How, how you know? Because Jesus gave a powerful illustration. Turn to Matthew chapter uh, uh, 25. Let me show you how I tell you. Jesus gave a powerful illustration to help us understand that uh, most of us uh, have one talent. <laughs> Hello? Most of us have one talent. And we want everybody to believe that we are multi-talent. But actually, we have one talent. And so when we grow up in life, most people have one talent. But make good of that one talent. Jesus gave an illustration in Matthew chapter 25, rather, in verse 14 through uh, 30. He said there was a man. Notice now, I'm going to read verse 13 to bring you there to uh, verse 14. It says, for the kingdom of heaven is like unto a traveler into a far country, who call his own servants and deliver unto them his goods. That, that's what Jesus did. Jesus has delivered us his goods. He has given us his goods in the word of God. And he said, and, and one he gave five talents. One he gave two talents. And one he gave one talent. The one that had five talents, come here, no, that one that five times did went and got five more. And this is what God, this is what the purpose of the church, to help those that have talent, to, to develop those talents. 
The one that had five talents got five more. The one that had two talents got two more. The one that had one talent buried his talent. He was too afraid. He was scared. He, he had anxiety. He had fear. And this is what have happened to a lot of churches. Because they, they're afraid to grow because you got folks uh, arguing and bickering and fussing about every little thing. So the one that had one talent, the Bible says, he went and buried his talent. He, and then when the man came back, he said, what what have what you done? The one that had five talents got five more. The one that had two got two more. What have you done? He said, knowing that you, knowing who you are, that you are a hard taskmaster, I decided to bury my talent. Now let me say this. This is what happened to most churches of Christ, the body of Christ, is that we are burying our talent. We, we, we are putting, we, we, God is a, a harsh God and, and God is a mean God. When are we going to learn that God loved us? <laughs> Good God Almighty. To help us develop our talent. That to, uh, we need to stop being childish. We need to God, he expects us to grow up. Hello? Notice now in, in for, turn to Matthew chapter, and you're in Matthew, right? Turn to chapter 28. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Uh, call somebody and tell me. I'll even listen to this. I've got about another 15 minutes. Matthew 28. Let me help us out. Let me help the body of Christ out. Matthew 28. We read this all the time. We know and we quote it all the time. Um, I'm going to start reading at verse 16. Then the 11, you remember Judas had hung himself, had hanged himself. It said, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into the mount, where Jesus had appointed them. So understand this now. Jesus had appointed them. And I believe in God's providential scheduling. I believe that God appoint us to where he wants us to be. I believe that in all my heart. I believe God put us here for a purpose. And then he goes on to say, and when they had saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubt. So here it is, Judas have already hanged himself. Now, there are uh, indications also that in his ministry, when Jesus was walking back on the earth, there was other people that saw him as well, okay? So there was some doubt. Not only the apostles, but there were other people doubted as well. Okay, so he's not only talking about the apostles, but even though the apostles talking about here is some doubt, the apostles was a part of it as well. Then it says in verse 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, this, this is encouraging. This is encouraging to us. This should, we should be mindful of this. All power is given unto earth in heaven and earth. He says, Notice now, he says, Go. Ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So there's a first teaching. In other words, the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so you teach that, therefore become a member of the body of Christ, and become new creatures. Now, there is another teaching. It says, teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I have commanded you. So here is another teaching of the church. First of all, the church is to teach the gospel, death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's all a person needs to know to become born again. 
When you're born in this world physically, you don't know nothing. And you will sleep as a pop to wake you up. <laughs> Amen. And so here, a child of God is born. But then he says, he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So there is a there is a principle here that we have to be mindful, just as the Hebrew writer talking about milk and meat. We have to understand the difference between milk and meat, okay? Then he goes on to say here, notice the two things. Two, there are two targets in verse 20. The first target is the guarantee success, okay? The second target is Christ's empowerment. Now, where do you see that at, Brother Philip? Come here, come here. Guarantee success. If you do what God asks, God promises you that you will have success. How do you know? No one says it. In verse 20, he said, teach them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. Lo. Now, then he said, lo, come here. I am with you always. <laughs> I am with you always. That means that, listen, I guarantee success because where I am, you're going to be successful. The, the church has no business not being successful. The reason why the church is not successful is because they are too busy arguing about petty stuff in the church. We, we, we are tied up wrapped up in petty nonsense. And we're not growing and not doing what God asks. Hello? So the first target, it says, is, is understand, write this down, is guaranteed success. How you know? I am Jesus Christ. It's in the red, right? I am with you always. So if Jesus is with you always, who can bother you? <laughs> Woo! Now there's some scripts I can give the show about it, but we're going to move right along because time is running up. And then the second target is, I'm going to come back and I'm going to uh, give you some uh, 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 homiletics point on the guarantee. Uh, B is Christ's empowerment. Notice that in, in verse number 20 of Matthew chapter 28, Christ's empowerment. Notice that. Even unto the end of the world. <laughs> that is the target is Christ's empowerment. What do you mean by that? Even to the end of the world. The word world that means age, dispensation. Even to the end of the dispensation. So when you look at the guarantee success, it is talking about the mission of the church. God said, if you do what I ask, the church will grow. If you do what I ask. The church will grow. Then the second target is Christ's empowerment is that it is the evangelistic challenge we have. In other words, we ought to enjoy raising children. <laughs> if you don't enjoy raising children, you don't need to have any. I enjoy my children, but the Bible says the 
the crown of the father is the children's children, grandchildren. And there's nothing like having grandchildren. And so here he's talking about uh, Christ, God is, he is available. He is spiritually, he takes care of spiritually. And not only that, I like what it says, the aggressiveness. When you look at the exegesis, it's talking about the aggressiveness of the promise. When you read this, it is aggressive. How you know? Because it says, amen, so be it, at the end. Look at the aggressiveness of the whole text here. It says, go, that's aggressive. Go, <laughs> ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching, this is, this is aggressiveness, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command that you. You ain't worried about nobody else saying, you just teach what I teach and told you. Whatever that is, I remember my brother came to me and said, uh, Moody Long. I said, I ain't going to Long. Then he came back and said, Daddy said. <laughs> Daddy said, Moody Long. Uh, okay, all right. Crank the mow up, <clears throat> Moody Long. So here, we must understand Jesus is doing what his father asked. So here is the opening of the doors, what people say, opening the doors of the church. This is Jesus Christ telling us that the doors of the church is open. <laughs> Amen. Now, understand this. Let me, show you, let me show you the aggressiveness that we need to understand. And I got to wrap this up. I got to wrap this up. The, the aggressiveness that we need to understand. We need to understand that when we get to the promised land, when we start and get to the promised land, understand now when Moses and Israel got to the promised land. Moses sent in 12 spies. 12. And they spied out the land. Uh, now, God wanted them to be aggressive. Hello? Come to come, come here. And they came back with man, pomegranates, and etc. Grapes that was big and and they, they, they saw the fruit of the land, and they knew that the land was everything God said it was. But the Bible says that 10 of them say, wait a minute, hold on, good God Almighty. So it was Joshua and Caleb, come with me, standing there saying, we can, let's go take it right now. <laughs> Let's take it. And the Bible said the other ten said, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait one minute. Did you tell them about them giants? Tell Moses now about those giants. Tell the people about those, those, those giants. We are like grasshoppers. And this is what the body of Christ have come to today. We are, we are at the promised land. We're at the gate. And we are like the ten spies. We see ourselves as grasshoppers. And here the Bible says that, now remember now, remember that uh, Moses was, was disturbed and Joshua and Caleb said, let's go do it. And, and, and God said, because of that, they were not empty. 
and they wandered in the wilderness 40 years. Isn't that something? Because they was not aggressive. This is what happened to the body of Christ today. The church, all we're doing is wandering. And the thing is, now understand this now, all those that was 20 years old and older died. <laughs> but, but you're laughing. No, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because people crying. Because I see that in the church. We are arguing and bickering. We talk about how beautiful heaven must be. We talk about, boy, look at when I get to heaven. We talk about all that golden street. But we're not aggressive about going to heaven. Well, all we want to do is have a few people set up in our building, set up in our church building, and tell them and argue about the first principles. And we're not growing. We're arguing about the first principles. My God, we're going to get aggressive enough and take the land. We're arguing about the first principles. And the Bible says, everybody died. All the old people die. Hello? Come here. All the old people die. Out, except for Joshua and Caleb. And when they got back to the promised land, <laughs> look at God. Caleb said, Give me this mount. Joshua was ready to became the leader of Moses' place. And the Bible says that they had to cross on dry land on the Jordan River. Jordan River represents death. And they, and they crossed on dry land. But the first battle they had was at the walls of Jericho. Then God said, listen, what God had to do. Now, come here. Come here. Let me tell you what God had to do for them to be aggressive. Is to shut their minds. Come here. God had to shut their mouths and listen to their walk. I, I'm going to say that one more again. God had to shut their mouths and let them listen to their walk. He says, Jericho, they knew it was ten spies in. You know the story. But they, he, he said, God told him to say, walk around uh, one time, six days. Don't say nothing. <laughs> Keep your mouth closed. You talk too much. You think you know everything. None of us know as we ought to know. He says, shut up. Walk. First day they walk. Look at it. Didn't say a word. Second day. Third. Fourth. Fifth. Sixth day they walk. And the seventh day they had to walk around seven times. But, but keep your mouth closed. If we can find track folk to shut up when they need to shut up and listen to the walk, can't you hear the steps? Listen. You can hear them all. <laughs> you can hear them walking. Good part of my Listen. God is saying, walk to me. And then on the Sabbath day, woo, on the Sabbath day, <laughs> the walls of Jericho didn't fall in. They fell out. They fell out because uh, they shouted. And the day gonna come. We gotta start shouting 
glory. And they blew this trumpet and they shouted joy. And the walls fell. And they destroyed the enemy. We got to mature up. Israel got to the promised land and never matured up. Now, let me, let me say this. I've got three minutes. Let me say this. The apostle Peter, y'all know Peter was one that, you know, he, he ran his mouth. He, he talked. You know, he, he followed Peter talked all the time. Y'all know Peter would talk. Now, in, 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 first, in Second Peter, let me read that real quick. Now. In Second Peter, if I turn the Bible now, Second Peter, uh, in chapter chapter one, Second Peter chapter one. Let me let me get that right quick. Like y'all 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 don't mind me. Second Peter chapter one, and let me show you something here. And the verse is number three. Second Peter chapter one, verse three. Now Peter would, would talk up, so God used Peter here. He says, according as His divine power. In other words, we need to do everything according as God's divine power. Amen. The church has to be ran according as God's divine power. And the, and the problem with us is that we don't believe in divine. We believe in degrees. Oh, 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 oh. I know it's hard to say. We, we think uh, because you say a certain thing or uh, the way you talk and the way you pronounce words, that, that's good. Oh, oh that's good. I, I'm in the college myself. I'm graduate Southwestern Christian College myself and Covenant Theological Seminary. Okay, I understand that, but it's about divine power. The problem that we have that frightens me about the body of Christ is that we don't trust the divine power of God enough. That's that's my problem with the church that I see with the church. It says, and have given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory to virtue whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. There that word again. Divine power, divine in nature. Having escaped the pollution or the corruption of this world through lust. And beside this, Giving all diligence. He said, this is what you do. This is what we got to do. This is what we're not doing. And to your faith, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to brotherly, godliness, and to kindness, and charity. For if these things be in you, notice now, notice, come here, come here. If these things be in you, if you were sure enough to handle this, if these things be in you and abound. Now, the word abound means anytime something pop up, you, you, you got divine nature and divine power. They make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then in verse number 9, it says, but he that, is, that liketh these things are blind. What's wrong with the church today? We are blind to the divine nature and the divine power of God and cannot see up for all or and have often forgotten that he was purged from our own self. Look at that. Our own sin. Then it, then it gives two targets. The first target here 
is um, undisputable rules. Undisputable rules. God has given us rules that is undisputable. If daddy said it, that sells it. Okay? Notice verse 10. It says, wherefore, the rather. <laughs> this in other words, you, you can't go beyond God. Wherefore, the rather. If you do what God says, it'll happen. It says, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, you shall never fall. The word fall means stumble. In other words, you are not saying you don't have any problems. But you will never leave the church. That's, and I got time to deal with First John. We're talking about they left because they was never with us. And there's a lot of folks that are like that. And then the second target of verse 11 says, For soul and interest shall be ministered. word here, interest means um, uh, they're talking about being uh, heavenly bound, have a Heavenly meaning. It 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 differs. It shows compatibility <laughs> from the from the first Adam to the second Adam. And interest shall be ministered. You remember now at the second we can't go back into the Garden of Eden. Now I don't know where the Garden of Eden is on earth. If anybody know, they won't come back because the angels gonna kill them. If you find the Garden of Eden, you holler. You will come back to tell everybody. That's why you ain't nobody, if somebody found it, holler, there's an interest. In other words, God said, listen, I, the second Adam opened up the interest. Jesus said, I got to stop. <laughs> Jesus, let not your heart be troubled. Even God be also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare, pray for you, and there where I am, I shall receive them myself. He said, if it wasn't so other than told, you ain't got time for foolishness. But I go to the pathway for you, that where I am, there you may be also. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Jesus Christ even had to go through childhood stage for us, born in this world, born in this world. Are y'all listening to me? Born in this world. Try to be killed, murdered. The angels came. Listen. And the Bible says that he matured up and grew up. Even Jesus had to grow up. His mama and daddy took him to church one Sunday and, and couldn't find him. The Bible says he was in the temple. And they said, well, son, why are you doing us like this? <laughs> That's Because I've got to be about my father's business. I'm your speaker, Brother Clay Phillips. Remember this. Keep it real. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. And if you miss me from singing, singing. and you can't find me nowhere, nowhere. come on up to glory. I'll be singing the best Yes, I will And I know the Lord He will greet me Over yonder Over on the other shore Where 
you can't find me nowhere. Nowhere. Come on up to glory. glory. I'll be praising the fair. Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. This is a program reminder. Stevie B's Media Production presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. The telephone number to the live show is 713-955-0508. Or the website is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Gospel Light Radio Show. On Tuesday evening, I'm hosting a live show every second, third, and fourth Tuesday of the month. The second Tuesday of the month, that show will air from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, entitled What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. We have a guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Churches of Christ who will be making their proclamation of the Gospel of Christ. And also during that show, we have the Community Corner segment for small business and entrepreneurs who have products and services for our community. I also have two co-hosts on that show, Lou Gilbert, he's the evangelist for the Old Book Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Isa Mullins, he serves the Church of Christ there in Cary, 
North Carolina. Then on the third Tuesday of the month at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, my co-host, Dr. Anthurga Lane, she's a board-certified obstetricianist and gynecologist. She serves with the Great Road Church of Christ in Cincinnati, Ohio, and she'll be hosting her show, Conversations with Dr. Lane. And then on the fourth Tuesday of the month, that show will air from 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And my co-host, Kelly Fletcher, she serves with the Livingstone Church of Christ in Indianapolis, Indiana, and she'll be hosting her show, The Kelly Fletcher Show. Then on Thursday evening from each week from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show, and I have seven co-hosts on this show, Clay Phillips, Dr. Frank Washington, Steve Cordo, Robert Lee Johnson, Glenn McMillian, Courtney Brothers, and Brian Christian Coleman on this show who will be making their proclamation of the Gospel of Christ. And each week I have two co-hosts on the show with me. I'm also taking a question from my social media platform on Facebook called Shout It Out. I'll be posing to one of my co-hosts on that live show. And then on Friday night, I'll be hosting a live show at 9 p.m. from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, entitled Stevie B's Acapella Gospel Music Blast. And this radio show is the 2022 recipient for the Nakama National Academy of Christian Acapella Music Artists Award for Outstanding Achievement in Record our radio. On this show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, the sweet sounds of voices, and we're also interviewing artists, producers, writers, comedians, etc. And we also debut new music and featuring old music on this broadcast as well. And every third Friday of the month, we have our top 20 countdown shows. We also have on-demand episodes wherever you get your favorite podcast from. Just go to Spotify, our radio, Amazon Music, Apple iTunes, YouTube. Just search for Stevie B Media Productions. We also have recorded version shows as well. And these shows can only be heard on iHeartRadio, Deezer, and also on Amazon Music. Just search for Stevie B Recorded Version Shows. We also want to thank all of our sponsors who are sponsoring these radio shows. If you want to become a sponsor, just contact my sponsorship manager, Michelle Marco, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Her telephone number is 954-687-4705. The three E's of Stevie B Media Production, it is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, we want to edify, we want to encourage you in the study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Our shout-out question is coming up next. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. With all the talk, what is your goal? With all the talk, what is your goal? With all the talk, what is your goal? Now that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know that. You know that. Heaven is my goal. No matter what they say, call me and I'll go. I tell you, I'm not saying. Lord, I hear the streets are made for pure and gold. Breath of God blows gently through my soul. The
social media platform called Shout It Out that we want to post to my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington. He serves with the West Broward Church of Christ there in Plantation, Florida. Dr. Frank, how you doing, my brother? Oh, man, I'm doing great. You know what? I, I just want to give a shout out to uh, my brother Phillips there. I mean, that brother loves to preach. He, yes, he, he does. Loves <laughs> he reminds me of Pop Clay back yeah. in the day. But yeah, yeah. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How about you? Hey, I'm doing just fine, man. I am just thrilled that we're able to put on a show like this where the preaching of the gospel is front and center, you know, so there will be no excuse. You cannot say, well, I didn't get a chance to hear. Oh, yes, you did. It was all over blog talk radio, you know? (laughs) Amen, amen, brother. (laughs) Amen. Now, this is a question we have from an anonymous querist. I don't know what state it was from, but it's from an anonymous querist. But the question is, okay. Uh, where's my question? Okay, here we go. The question is, when one becomes a Christian, 
Are there presenters regarding how God wants us to live to go to heaven? Now, what say you to this question? Well, that's a good question. Uh, When one becomes a Christian, are there parameters regarding how God wants us to live to go to heaven? Yeah, and the the short answer, uh, the quick answer is yes, there is. Because now that you are a Christian, you are a new creation. But what does being a new creation mean? Well, track this. Now that you've been baptized, that is, you have made your confession before the church, and you now uh, are duty-bound to live accordingly. But although outwardly you may appear to be the same person when you received Christ, you underwent a radical, a radical heart transplant. In essence, you literally became, after baptism, a new person. And so there is an obligation in Christians in achieving ethical change of behavior. Now, it's always exciting to see someone become a Christian. And I want to, you know, take this time to say hello to my friends in California uh, who are uh, listening to the program, to listen to your program today, Stevie. But even when an observer unfamiliar with church laity, they will often sense that something special is going on. But often the significance of being a Christian has lost its appeal. Now, sometimes even Christians fail to appreciate the significance of what they did in order to become a Christian. And so when this happens, Christians fail to grow and mature, and this may lead them away from the truth uh, that they first believed. In Colossians 2, 11, and 12, in a commentary by R. Jameson, he translates the phrase, having been buried with him in your, that's me and you, your baptism. And so Jameson states that the past participle is corresponding in time with the preceding verb, you were circumcised. Therefore, baptism is looked upon as a burial of the old life, uh, to which the act of immersion symbolically matches. And according to Everett Ferguson, another uh, scholar and theologian, he says that baptism carries with it a commitment to a certain manner of life. And from here, the question becomes, does a person understand there is an ethical change of behavior required after their baptism? Now, in the same verse, uh, it's the putting off of, in Colossians 2.11, the body of the flesh, which was affected by being buried with Christ in baptism. So when one becomes a Christian, are there parameters regarding how God wants us to live to go to heaven? Yes. In 1 Timothy Paul tells us, or tells his son in the faith, uh, that you may know how you ought to behave or conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Therefore, there is a certain behavior that God expects from Christians who have been baptized. Now, not only must a new Christian know how to behave themselves in church, they must also know how to behave themselves in the world. In Romans 12, 2, Paul says, The apostle says, uh, he says, tell the Christian church, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Now, Paul's words are still valid today, as they were when he addressed them to the Christian church in Rome. But there must be a change of behavior, friends. There must be a change of behavior, beginning with the heart. So in order for real change to occur in the life of a believer, the first thing that should be fixed 
is the heart. A person can attempt to cover an issue with praise and worship after baptism, but I'm telling you, it won't last. It is a transformed heart that produces a transformed behavior. The Bible explains to us that the highest goal that God expects from each of us who have been baptized, who are children of God, who are his children, is our ability to change our behavior or to transform our ethical behavior. In order to make this change happen, Paul says that Christians should offer their life to God as a sacrifice. And such a sacrifice represents um, a complete change in behavior, a complete change in lifestyle, involving both the negative and a positive aspect. So when we say Christian baptism is an act that signifies inward cleansing, it first begins with the circumcision of the heart. Now, if I could, let me uh, take this lesson and apply it to the family, how to solve family problems the Bible way. Um, And the United Press International recently reported that in uh, Beaufontaine, South Africa, a man built a wall through the middle of the house and told his wife to stay on the other side. (laughs) I tell you, you couldn't do that here in America. But this is the kind of wall which one cannot break through physically, but many people, walls, which cannot be seen, but which prevent people from communicating emotionally and physically. In essence, there is a change of behavior that must happen in order for communication to work. So the statement of the Apostle Paul in Galatians 6 says, Bear you one another burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And most certainly includes, this most certainly includes the family relationships, but only when we are in an authentic dialogue will we know the burdens that others bear. Now, only when they're willing to reveal our burdens only when we are truly sensitive to the burdens of others, only in a relationship of genuine openness can we fulfill the law of Christ. And this is a truism, that you can't really love another person unless you know that person's needs, their goals, their desires, and you must help fill those needs. But yet, too often, people fail to reveal their needs to members of their own family. And too often, others are not listening uh, with sufficient attention to notice the needs of others. So if you're still acting and behaving in your marriage the same way you did before you became a a child of God, then you have to change that behavior. Because it's it's not always wise to smooth things over. You know how we try to smooth things over. There are worse situations than conflict. It causes conflict. Hidden resentment or worse. Silent bitterness is worse. Hypocrisy is worse. Paul had a grievance against Peter. He stepped up to Peter. Well, the Bible says he was stood into his face, but you understand what I'm saying. In Galatians 2, 11 and 14, he stepped up to, to, to Peter. Paul stepped up to Peter and said, hey, what's up, brother? More face-to-face frankness and the right spirit, I believe, uh, would help many parent-child relationships and many husband and wife uh, relationships as well. And in Matthew 18, 15, Jesus said, that a person who has been wrong should go to the one who offended him and discuss the matter directly. Now, sometimes this works. And many times, in many households, it, in Christian households, it should work. 
But surely this must apply to the family as well as other human relationships. So when your child or your parent or your spouse or your marriage partner brings a grievance, try to be, and my mom always told me this and it sticks with me today, when someone brings a grievance to you or brings a complaint or or a problem to you, try to be, as James 1.19 says, quick to hear, slow to speak, to anger. Allow that other person to express fully whatever he or she feels. Now, too often we we, we cut each other off and say, yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about, right? Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's not good. Too often we resent hearing about the conflicts and the grievance that we have one with another. When, when we're slow to hear and quick to speak, speak, we reverse the biblical teaching and we disobey God. Now, have we thought instead of listening lovingly as part of our Christian way of life? That becomes the new norm for the Christian believer. He or she, once they become a Christian, the parameters change on how you relate to your husband, your wife, or your children. Uh, James 5.16 says, uh, confess your faults one to another. And so there's little doubt that he included all Christian relationships. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives should be able to express their weakness to each other. And a life of pretense can be bearable burden. But besides those closest to us, usually know our strengths and our weaknesses anyway. It helps them uh, or helps when we understand and are frank uh, with one another. I hope that I hope that helps you. But honesty and courage about acknowledging your faults uh, as a new creation, as a Christian, um, as a believer, will encourage others in the family both to understand you better and to talk freely about their shortcomings. And in this sharing, we learn to love and help each other more beautifully than in a closed circuit situation. And in Ephesians 4, uh, we are exhorted to be kind to one another. That's a new trait that you have to learn. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, uh, had forgiven us. Now, uh, part of the genuine dialogue involves all of this is acceptance and the change of your ethical behavior. And so the father, remember the father of the prodigal son, accepted his boys uh, completely, compassionately, and joyfully. That's the behavior that we must have. I mean, if if a father or a son decides to run away from home and he comes back and you are criticizing him for running away from home, that's not the behavior uh, that is suitable for that situation. You're not, he doesn't come, you don't show the compassion or the joyfulness. He said the father even gave him a kiss, change of behavior that God expects for us to have as believers in order for us uh, to live or get get to heaven. Uh, God expresses unconditional love for us, and therefore we should express unconditional love for others. And so in true family dialogue, we do not expect perfect or relations or perfection in the other, even as we know we are not perfect, amen? But rather we receive the other spouse, the other child, whatever, with sympathy and unconditional love. And so when a person um, has become a Christian 
uh, he or she is accepted, he or she is able to grow in a, and and to grow in an increasingly meaningful and strengthening dialogue. So don't allow a wall to be built up in your house because we need you to share your feelings with one another, share your burdens, share your needs, and share the emotions and burdens of everyone in your family. And in doing so, you will build a family circle which cannot be broken. So when one becomes a Christian regarding how God wants us to live, yes, it is. Yes, he does. He expects us to change our ethical behavior from the old life, from the old man, as he says, as the Bible says, and from the old man to the new. I hope this lesson helps someone out there. I want you to stay in God's grip. God bless you, and have a wonderful night. Shout it out question. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Thinking about what you've done for me in my life, I just want to say what you really mean to me. You're my everything, my joy and peace. You're the reason why I sing. Lord, I don't deserve anything you've given me, so I just gotta say thank you. Whoa, what's nice?
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our show. I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in a study of God's Word. I want to thank both my co-hosts, Clay Phillips and Dr. Frank Washington. Brother Clay always does a great job in his proclamation of the Gospel of Christ. and certainly appreciate Brother Frank as well for answering that shouted-out question. Lord, ladies and gentlemen, I am just thrilled to be able to put this program on a weekly basis. I have a great team of gospel preachers, faithful gospel preachers that are working with me, and it's just I am just so delighted that we're able to put on this show this way each week and to God be the glory. Amen. My prayer, ladies and gentlemen, the lessons that you heard this evening were beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuning in this radio broadcast, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continual blessings upon your lives and that he bless you real Real good. You've been listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. On behalf of my co-host, I really do appreciate your love and support for these programs. I'm your host, Steve Rob Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I went to a funeral of a friend of mine. My old friends were standing around with tears in their eyes. I thought, what could I say to take away some of their pain? I stepped out of that funeral home. I wrote this refrain. It goes, a whole lot of life gone by. So you need to give Jesus a try. You'll find yourself walking in the light. Everything gonna be alright. Don't you know that the devil gonna tell you that lie? That you can live any way that you like. And since we know we're gonna die, you need to give Jesus a try. Tell me, Live in a way that you like.
I'm looking up to the heavens, that's where my blessings come from. And I'm saying to myself, I know a change gon' come. He deliver a smile when I'm going through the pain. He deliver the sun on my journey through the rain. Close your mouth and open your ears. Keep in your faith in God. Ain't no need for the fear. I know the devil gonna test and give Jesus a try. The closest we stand to Jesus, that's how we gon' fly. Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.